The retirement planning world is filled with plenty of advice and suggestions, but there are critical questions lurking in the shadows. And that's the questions that we're going to talk about this week here on the show. We want to dive in and look at some of these hidden questions that might be out there here on The Financial Answer. Life is full of questions. It's full of twists, turns, and complex issues to try to figure out. You need answers. Welcome to The Financial Answer with Nathan O'Brien. Hit it. You'll hear us discuss the pitfalls and common investing mistakes we see people make and encourage you to think about solutions to some of the problems and question marks you might face in your own financial life. So let's get to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this edition of The Financial Answer with Nathan O'Brien and myself here to talk about some hidden questions in retirement planning. I don't know if they're super hidden, but there are certainly things that we know that are there and then we maybe kind of put off to the side or don't pay as much attention. Yeah, that's more of what it is, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes we don't focus on the things that... uh, I think we get so consumed with certain parts of the numbers, Nathan, like the X's <laughs> right. and O's, right? Yeah, yeah. People get too, I think, consumed with that um, nest egg number. You know, yeah, I think that yeah, becomes a yeah. big deal to most people. Yeah, there's like a couple places that our brain locks in on, and we don't put as much focus on some of the other areas. So we do have hidden in quotes, so I don't know how hidden they are, per se. <laughs> That's uh, right. But sometimes overlooked, maybe. That's right. That's all right, right. Well, let's, let's talk about it a little bit. First, well, how are you doing? You doing all right? I'm doing fine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. doing fine. It's uh, it's my favorite time of year. I love it's the fall. October. I know. I love it. Chili, so. Almost chilly weather. And I don't mean chilly like in outside. I mean like eating chili. Eating chilly. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Love me some chili, man. Chili yes. gets it. And it, yes. you know, being in the South, you know, some, it's just, sometimes it's just too dang hot to eat chili, right? Yeah. So <laughs> even in November, sometimes. Sometimes, and you're like, come yeah. on, man. I We've need had some 70, 75 degree right, days on right. Thanksgiving. Sometimes. I, was like, I need some. Chili. I know. My first Christmas back in the South, uh, after living in the North for a number of years, uh, I was a temporary Yankee. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. I appreciate it. Came, came back down to the South and my first Christmas back down in North Carolina, and it was like 67 degrees on Christmas Day, and we were playing basketball in shorts. And I was like, yeah, this is not bad. This is not that's bad. not bad. But that's other people right. might say it's terrible because they're like, no, we need snow and we need cold. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it just yeah, kind of depends. That's right. But after like, 12 years of frigid temperatures every, you know, Christmas or all through the holidays and all through <laughs> the winter uh, in some, and I live in Michigan, right? So it's really cold. Oh, yeah. Uh, Super cold. It, you know, 67 on, on a Christmas day felt pretty darn good. That's right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Now, now, thank I, you. Yeah. You know, 20 years later, I can, I can go, yeah, okay. Some cooler temperatures would be good, especially if I get to have chili. So there you I go. That's right. Yeah, Bring it back right. full circle. Tony all right. makes a Texas chili that's Ooh, amazing. I like really? it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No, um, no beans. No beans. In it. I think right. that's what that is. Yeah. So yeah. I love it. Mm. All right, we're yeah. getting off topic and I know, well, making okay. me hungry. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's talk about some you know, some hidden questions here on on these retirement yeah, questions. Good. So, all right, tax deferred savings. How much is it actually going to cost mm. me in taxes mm. on yeah. this lovely tax deferred savings? Yeah, well, that's you know we we don't know it's tax deferred, so it's going to cost us something. Um, you know, in in that situation, we just don't know how much because tax laws can change. That's the that's the big thing that. We are just uncertain about, you know, tax tax rates now are lower than they've ever been historically. And so 
if you're deferring all those taxes until retirement, which is maybe 5, 10, 20 years down the road, we don't know what tax rates are going to be. So you may be deferring it to a higher tax bracket. You may not. We, we, you know, we don't know. Theoretically and historically, mm-hmm. I would say tax brackets are going to be a little higher you know, in the future than they are today because right. of government spending. Everybody knows the government does not cut spending ever. They they cut future increases. So they cut. <laughs> so right. um, that's <laughs> that's right. So uh, that's uh, that's something you've got to be aware of and realize that that million dollar four hundred one k is actually not all yours. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. some of that's going to Uncle Sam. Yeah, you know, and, and we can start thinking about how to you know be more efficient, and, and we'll talk about some of those other things as well. Of course, we certainly have many times, but I think it's again we probably know this. This is things that everybody truly knows. Like you're listening to it, and you're going, "Duh, we know that." Nathan. <laughs> But we kind of forget, right? It's kind of like, especially when you build it up and you go, oh, yeah, I got a million bucks in my 401k. Yeah. I'm a yeah. millionaire, right? Yeah, and it's that's like, right. Well, no, you're a 700,000 air, probably. Right? <laughs> that's so, right. because we especially forget. if you liquidate that, a yeah. lot of it at one time. So. Yeah. And it's yeah, easy to get excited and just kind is. of, again, we take our focus, we put our focus in certain areas and maybe not all the way across the board, which is why we hire folks like you, right? It is. I mean, that's, a, that's an important part of the retirement plan is doing the tax calculation, yeah. you know, oh, so yeah. and projecting that into the future and seeing what, you know, what you're actually going to be able to um, live off of yeah. and, and how much taxes you're going to owe each year. And so all that wrapped up with inflation, all those kind of things that just comes into play with your full retirement plan. So making sure you've got that is, is mm. extremely important. Yeah. Yeah. As my dad would say, it ain't what you make, it's what you keep. So that's, that's right. That's so right. I was like, well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, number, number two. Thanks dad. I was Thanks, wanting dad. a new car. <laughs> right. Uh, number two, how much can I withdraw from my savings each year? Well, this, yeah. this again is an easy thing because we, we've heard for years it's, we just go, well, 4%. Right? We've heard <laughs> that's the 4% right. Thing. And, that's but I think right. people do get a little confused and they think, well, how much, you know, how much can I pull out? Is there a limit? Yeah. Uh, do oh, I do yeah. the, you know, do I do a certain amount to keep from having something else happen? Like stuff yeah. like that that, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's something that uh, people ask me that all the time and, and 4% most of the time works. Okay. It depends on what you're investing in and things like that. So all of that matters, you know, and wanting to be able to keep up with inflation and all of that stuff as well. But, you know, some, I've heard some advisors say, you know, maybe 4% in your sixties, 5% in your seventies and 6% in your eighties, you know, so you can increase your distributions that way and, and do some things along those lines. So, um, I, I haven't seen a lot of research on that, but there's, there's a lot of research out there on a 4% distribution rate. Um, and you know, 3%, 3.5%, all of those typically work historically, if you've got some stocks in there, but you know, we don't know what the future holds. The key is reviewing every year, making sure that you're staying on track and making sure that your distributions aren't too much because, you know, we've had a basically mark a two year market decline here. We still have not hit stock market highs from, you know, from November of 21. So uh, we're still down almost double digits in most asset classes on that. So uh, that's a long time for the market to be down, and you've got to watch. If you're taking larger distributions, then you've got to watch that and make sure that that's not going to cause you know, just that death spiral of your you know, retirement balance. 
Yeah, you know, and again, the, when you're thinking about like pulling out and how much money you're pulling, there's also like pulling these levers do different things, right? So thinking about how that's going to affect your Social Security for taxation on that, absolutely. And, you know, yeah. so it's it's really talking and working with Medicare your premiums, all that right. kind of stuff. Where as do well. you pull yeah. from, and when do you pull from? So yes, it's a yes. much bigger question than people think. And again, back to that, maybe that million dollars as a as an easy number. I got this million bucks. Cool. Let's just start pulling four percent out of that joker, you know. Or even if even if you go, okay, they've taken the taxes at seven hundred thousand. Let's pull four percent out of that, you yeah. know, that bad yeah. boy. Whatever the case might be, right? It's it's still it's going to affect other things. So just make sure you have a strategy in place for when you pull it and where you pull it from. Number three, should I still have life insurance when I'm retired? <laughs> you know, with this one, Nathan, I think it's obvious. You know, what most of us realize we we got it for. Right. Um, let's, right. Let's, let's talk about it from the standpoint of, of income replacement, because that is one piece that you would have it clearly for when you're younger, right? Yeah. Okay. Something yeah, happens, that's true. you die, that's true. so your kids and your and your spouse or whatever have still income coming in. But it's also the same kind of you. You could still use it for income replacement as a retiree too. Correct. You can. You? I, you know, a lot of people actually do that to replace a pension, maybe. You know, so yeah, okay. Maybe yeah. the maybe the husband has a. Um, a much higher pension if he just bases it off of his life, you know, so he draws a lot more every month. But, you know, if he dies early, then that that pension goes away for his wife if he chooses that single life option on the pension there. So um, a lot of times people will, if, if the difference is significant enough, they will buy life insurance for that income replacement just in case he passes away earlier than expected or, you know, whatever. You right. don't know what's going to happen. So you buy that life insurance to sure. cover that. That's a great option for that. Um, you know, and we, we used to talk about this with paying estate taxes and things like that, but the mm-hmm. estate tax exemption is so large now, it doesn't apply to it's most people. It's probably yeah. coming down in the future because they certainly kicked yeah. it around, but yeah, yeah for right definitely. now, it still it is what it is. It's a, Yeah, it's thir- almost $13 million now, right, so yeah. it's not an issue ah, for most let me, people. Let me so. grab that out of my right pocket. Hang <laughs> yeah, on. that's right. That's right. So, you know, life insurance is, I think it's, it is oversold in some situations, but um, a lot of times people think, well, I just don't need life insurance when I'm in retirement. And that's not necessarily true. So it depends on your situation and Mm -hmm. what you're trying to accomplish. And so there are reasons for it and there are needs for it. So just um, keep an open mind with this stuff. There is no perfect product for any particular or or for every situation. I mean, it's going to be something that's specific to your goals and what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, definitely. And again, so, you know, the old ways of thinking about what we'd use it for, a lot of retirees do get hung up thinking, well, I don't need that. The kids are grown, blah, blah, blah. But there could be other uses. And so it's it's worth having the conversation. And it's worth having the conversation before you let something expire, too, because as we all know, it might be harder to get insurance back uh, as we've aged. And when we're all, unfortunately, we're all like one blood test away from being uninsurable, right? Yes, uh, that's sadly right. enough, right? So if you, that's you right. depending on what the you know the results might be, so just just have that conversation before you get rid of it. That's right. We've seen a huge shift actually for people buying life insurance that has like a long term care rider also. That yeah, you know? exactly. So that's a that's something because long term care insurance has gotten so it's expensive. so crazy. Right. It is yeah. yeah, and and people you know nobody ever thinks they're going to the nursing home or anything. So if they buy the life insurance, they know they're going to pass away at some point. So the right. family's yeah. going to get something. Yeah, you know? so hey, that's a great point. Um, that's a it great is. Point. It, it is, and and that's a. I think it's a good product uh, to use for that type of thing. If okay. you if you're looking for that type of yeah. care, it's a good benefit for a lot of situations. Yeah, it could be certainly something to look into as well. So that's a great point. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, yeah. Well, on the subject of of healthcare, number four, what kind of medical coverage do I need over and above? 
So kind of mm. a little bit what we just talked about. Uh, yeah. Medicare. Medicare's great, yeah. right? It does it a ton is. of great stuff, There's a, but it's not perfect and it doesn't right. do everything. So Right. No, that's right. And and this is a this is always a big issue with a lot of people. And everybody hears about, you know, Medicare supplements or Medicare Advantage plans or whatever. And and, you know, different things are right for different people. Okay. So there are other things out there that can help you with the cost and make sure that you're not getting a surprise bill. Medicare only typically covers about 80% of the cost. So, you know, if you go have open heart surgery, that's really expensive. So, Hey, why'd you have to pick that man? (laughs) Sorry about that, dude. (laughs) (laughs) If, uh, if you have that, then that's, you know, and that can be an, a major expense. And so you want to make sure you've yeah. got some coverage there because that can really yeah. drain a retirement plan quickly. And yeah. so you're yeah. looking at, you know, a, a minuscule cost of maybe $150 a month or something for a supplement. So right, uh, right. not that much compared to what you could be out of pocket if you had to pay that 20%. Well, so. 10 years ago, open heart surgery was a little over $300,000 if that oh, It's probably a million now. Yeah. Easily. And, and, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm speaking from experience. So yeah. uh, glad, well, you're, was, glad you're still with that's us. That's right. But the for total sure. of, we were like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. the total thing was like 300 grand. We did not pay wow. that. So, you know, wow. thank, thankfully insurance, obviously yes. it's insurance is yeah. a funny, it's a funny thing, right? Uh, whether it's home insurance, medical insurance, you know, car insurance, it's one of those things we all go, God, I want to have to flip and pay insurance. <laughs> Every right? time you pay that monthly premium it for health insurance, you like, the pajipas out of you, right? yeah, yeah, that's right. And the second you need it, you go, wow, am I so glad I had Thank that, you very right? much. I mean, because I had no idea that, that, you know, heart surgery was coming, right? Yeah. Uh, no, and I think we true. paid less than $10,000 of that, you know. Wow. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it's, awesome. it certainly can be beneficial. And we, I think we all know that. But again, if we're talking about less, you know, hidden in quotations here, it's kind of like, <laughs> it, I think it's not hidden in terms of like secretive. It's more right. hidden in terms of hidden from view sometimes because we, we just forget about it, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of times people, especially maybe early on in their 60s, maybe don't understand that Medicare doesn't pay everything. So That's true, too. Um, yeah. And so it's something that, you know, it's good to have this conversation with your advisor or with yeah. your insurance agent just to make sure that you are covered in those areas and, you know, covered for prescriptions, all kinds of things. Yeah. You know? so yeah. Great point. Medicare has a lot of, a lot of gaps that are not covered there. So you want right. to make sure you, you take care of We did things. a podcast a while back called the Medicare gap. So go check that oh, out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. I may not have been called exactly that, but it was something along those lines. <laughs> uh, all right. Number five, last one here. Uh, how much am I really paying in fees and commissions? Mm-hmm. I think on the hidden mm-hmm. question here, this one could be the one you argue about like hidden fees because right. certainly they exist. Right. And I think what happens a lot of times here, Nathan, is that people get real, they get, they get focused on the, well, my guy or gal only charges me 1%. Right. And yes. that's my fee. That's, right. that's not, not true. Not true. Yeah. That's like, yeah. that's one fee. <laughs> that's part of it. That's right. So there, there are additional costs, especially if you are investing in ETFs or mutual funds or annuities or things like that. All of those have extra layers of expenses that, you know, such as expense ratios and 12B1 fees and things like that. All of those things are expenses that are there. So very rarely, actually never is the fee just what the advisor charges. Okay. It's, uh, it's always something else in addition to that. So when you're talking to your advisor about that, make sure that they clarify that to you. And it doesn't matter what the fee is, as long as you feel like you're getting a reasonable benefit for right. the, what the fee is that you're paying. So if you feel like it's a good fee for that level, then great. That's that's awesome. If you don't feel like that, then 
that's an issue. Have the conversation with mm-hmm. your advisor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, and we've talked about that a million times, right? So what what is the fee that you're paying versus the value that you're getting, right? That's right. You know, you could break that down to anything, right? You know, if you, if yeah. you, if you pay a fee for a car and, you know, and you've got a lemon, then it wasn't a good value, right? That's right. You know, so it's why you do your homework. It's why you vet some things out and make sure that you have the right things going on. And that's why you talk with a financial professional like Nathan, of course. So if you have some questions, well, he's got the financial answers usually. So give him a call or reach out to him. Uh, stop by the website and check him out there and, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Google or Spotify. And honestly, just share it with others who might benefit the message. That really is the most beneficial thing for not only uh, us uh, here on the podcast, but also for you know your you and your loved ones to share it with others who might find some enjoyment and some uh, useful nuggets of information from our talks and, and chats about these uh, financial questions. So you can find them online at thefinancialanswer.com. That's thefinancialanswer.com. Nathan, thanks for hanging out, buddy. Yes, sir. Thank you. Have a good day. I always appreciate you. We'll see you mm-hmm. next time here on The Financial Answer with Registered Investment Advisor and Chartered Retirement Planning Counselor, Nathan O'Brien. O'Brien & Associates is a registered advisory firm in Tennessee. This show is intended for information and educational purposes only. Consult with a qualified advisor before taking any action.